Hello, all you beautiful people. World's OKS lawyer here, and I want to kick this off with discussing Donald Trump, insurrection, and removal from ballots. Currently, there are 13 states attempting to remove Trump from ballots. Five states have dismissed cases to remove Trump from the ballots, and two states where Trump was removed from the ballots. And if you've been keeping up with that, you know exactly which states I'm talking about. Instead of making an argument of why Trump should or should not be removed, I thought I would present laws regarding insurrection or the illusion, illusion towards insurrection since inception and let you ultimately decide what you believe. Although I will provide my okayest legal opinion of how I believe the Supreme Court will analyze the laws that apply to January 6, 2021. To kick this off, I am going to start with the Continental Congress. You may go, what the hell is that? So I'm going to tell you. As an aside, did you know that George Washington is not our first president of the United States? And when I say United States, in this case, I mean lowercase United States, not uppercase United States. It was actually Peyton Randolph, who was president under the Continental Congress, that ultimately created the Articles of Confederation, which was approved under President Henry Lawrence. You're probably going, man, I didn't learn that shit in school. Well, I'm going to learn you something today, at least okay-wise. For those that did not know, we had a charter document prior to the U.S. Constitution. I hope I keep your mind blown the rest of the way here. So the Articles of Confederation is dated July 9th of 1778. And Article 3 of that document states, The said states hereby severally enter into a firm league of friendship with each other for their common defense, the security of their liberties, and their mutual and general welfare, binding themselves to assist each other against all force offered to or attacks made upon them or any of them on account of religion, sovereignty, trade, or any other pretense whatsoever. So think about that. Any other pretense whatsoever necessarily could mean insurrection. So jump ahead to 1792, we have the Militia Act. And in that, it provided for the organization of militias. And specifically, under Article 1, Section 2, whenever the laws of the United States shall be opposed or the execution thereof obstructed in any state by combinations too powerful to be suppressed by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings or the powers vested in the marshals by this act. So think about that. Again, insurrection would necessarily fall under this law from 1792. Jump ahead to 1807, and they actually created an Insurrection Act. And the chief clause in it st uh, states specifically uh, an act authorizing the employment of the land and naval forces of the United States. So think about the Army, Navy, Marines, uh, Coast Guard, all of that is included. In cases of insurrection, be it enacted by the House or the Senate of the United States of America and Congress assembled. And now that has actually been codified in 10 USC sections 251 through 255 and provides three sets of authorizations. Under 251, whenever there is an insurrection in any state against his government, the president may, upon the request of its legislature or its governor, if the legislature cannot be convened. So essentially, the governor can say, hey, we got all this shit happening and we can't control it. Well, 
the president is now able to jump in and, you know, help out uh, the governor. In Section 252, whenever the president considers that unlawful obstructions, combinations, or assemblages, or rebellion against the authority of the United States make it impracticable to enforce the laws of the United States in any state by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings, you've already heard that. That is actually in the Insurrection Act. Section 253, the president, by using the militia of or the armed forces or both or by any other means, shall take such measures as he considers necessary to suppress in a state any insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination or conspiracy. If it so hinders the execution of the laws of the United States, opposes or obstructs the execution of the laws of the United States. And then you get jumped to section 254 requires the president to issue a proclamation that immediately orders the insurgents to disperse and retire peaceably to their abodes within a limited time. So he can say, hey, all you folks, you need to go home and you have 12 hours to do so. And that gives that definition of exactly how much time that they need to just take their ass home. And then Section 255 defines the state for the purposes of the above to include Guam and the Virgin Islands. Uh, And then in uh, 2016, they have Public Law 114.328, and that kind of is all rolled into that as well. Then you jump to 1861 with the Derivation Act. And it says, whenever the president considers that unlawful obstructions, combinations, or assemblages, or rebellion against the authority of the United States, making it practical. Well, you've already heard this language because it's been rolled into sections, you know, 251 through 255. So now the one that folks are really starting to kind of go, hey, wait, the Constitution and all that stuff, right, is the 14th Amendment which was actually not even ratified until 1868. It's a post-Reconstruction portion of the the Constitution. You may go, hey, what's Reconstruction? I don't even know what that is either. Well, that is after the Civil War, they created additional amendments to the Constitution that included the 14th Amendment, but then it also said, hey, you know, people who were former slaves, they're now free, they can vote and all that stuff, right? So you get to section three and it says, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector, president, or hold office, blah, 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 if they engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So that is where everybody, like Colorado, for example, they went, hey, you know, there's nothing in it that, you know, says that, you know, you must be convicted. Um, and if you kind of keep criminal criminality or however you want to you know call that, uh, kind of keep that in mind. What is the criminal standard in the United States? It is beyond a reasonable doubt. What is the standard of the Constitution? Kind of whatever the Supreme Court says or the executive branch says or the legislature says. And they may fight in between. Um and, and the states may have a say in that as well. So what is the standard of the Constitution? Eh, man, no idea. So, so how has the government acted in past regarding rebellion and or insurrection? So you have the Pennsylvania Mutiny in 1783. 
and that was a protest of 400 soldiers against the Continental, Con the Continental Congress and the Continental Army, and essentially they weren't getting paid, so they rebelled. You have what's called Shays Rebellion, and that was an up uh, an armed uprising in Western Massachusetts and Worcester, in response to a debt crisis. And it ultimately played a role in the dissolution of the Articles of Confederation because the issue with a confederacy over a republic is that in a confederacy, the states have all the power and the U.S. government had no ability to essentially override any of that. So they had no power and the states were like, are you going to help me? Are you not going to help me? And the states were like, mm, we can't do anything. So yeah, the Articles of Confederation was essentially... It just wasn't going to work out for us. Then you have the paper money riot or Exeter Rebellion. And that was an armed uprising in New Hampshire. Live free or die, folks. And that happened on September 20th of 1786. Uh, you had the New Hampshire's president at the time. Yes, I said president at the time. The, the state of New Hampshire actually had a president. Uh, his name was John Sullivan and was able to calm the situation by essentially lying. He said, hey... You know, you're all kind of fine. We're going to like do whatever. And then he did a little sneak attack and then he brought in some soldiers that got everybody to disperse. And then ultimately most of the leaders were captured, but then they were later pardoned. Then you had the Whiskey Rebellion. That was essentially a violent tax protest. And that was actually during the presidency of George Washington. So now we are actually under the Constitution at this point. And... This insurrection is likely actually what ended up creating the political parties because George Washington actually wasn't affiliated with anything. Then you had next, you had John Adams, which I believe was a Whig. And then after that, uh, you had Thomas Jefferson, who was a Democrat Republican. I bet you know both of those words. And it was really strange because at the time it was whoever was voted in as president uh, whoever lost or had the second most votes uh, actually became the vice president. So he had this real, you know, strong, you know, iron sharpening iron and friction within the, the presidency and the vice presidency. Wish we had that because, man, that would really calm a lot of the garbage that we have today. Then you have Fry's Rebell Rebellion, and that is also called the House Tax Rebellion. Uh, and this is having to do with... Germans, so whether you know Amish or whatever, they rebelled, uh, and thirty men went to trial on that. Uh, they were tried for treason. President John Adams actually pardoned all of them, uh, giving them amnesty in eighteen hundred, uh, mostly because he was like, "Oh, they're German. They don't really understand what's happening here. So let's just let them kind of do their own thing." Um, it's been so the Insurrection Act has actually been invoked several times. Uh, Native Americans, labor conflicts, um, you know, things that are more, more recent. You have Hurricane Hugo in 1989 and then the 1992 Los Angeles riots. In the summer of 2020, during the George Floyd protests, Donald Trump actually uh, threatened to do it, uh, but then he just ended up, you know, bringing in the National Guard. Um, and he did this, and it was actually legal under the Posse Comitatus Act of 1878. So essentially what that is, just to like explain that real quick, is that the United States military 
So U.S. Army, U.S. Navy, U.S. Coast Guard, U.S. Marines, U.S. Merchant Marines, whatever, right? They don't have what is called a police power. However, under the Posse Comitatus Act, the National Guard does, and the state guards do. So, for example, I am from the greatest state in the Union, uh, Texas, and not only do we have the Texas Army National Guard, we have the Texas Air National Guard, but we also have our own Texas State Guard. All of those, when they are under the direction of the governor, they have police powers. So then you get to 18 U.S.C. Section 2383, and this has to do with rebellion or insurrection, and it was originally enacted on June 25th of 1948. So this is the criminal code related to insurrection. And it says, whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or gives aid, you've heard all of this, right? They shall be imprisoned. Uh, not more than 10 years and or fined and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. So you have where they essentially bring in the U.S. Constitution at this point and now they're making a criminal criminality. Again, what is the standard of criminal conviction? It is beyond a reasonable doubt. So now you have a folding of a statute into the um, into the Constitution. So you may ask, hey, what about Washington, D.C.? Do they have a law in the books regarding insurrection? The answer is no. The closest they have is the uh, Code of the District of Columbia, Section 22-1322, and it has to do with rioting and citing riot. Um, you may say, hey, the words that Donald Trump used um, that incited a riot or an insurrection or a rebellion into the state capitol, and you may be right. However, he was not convicted by the laws of you know, uh, Washington, D.C. So we, we're, there's still that you know issue of whether or not the words alone are enough to prevent him from being in office. So now we fast forward to January 6, 2021. And if you're still listening to me at this point, then you have a pretty good idea about what happened on that date. Uh, as of January 12th of 2024, there had been 1,122 indictments for entering into uh, our Congress. Of those indictments, there had been charges related to assaults on law enforcement, obstruction, attempting to obstruct an official proceeding, trespassing in restricted areas of federal buildings or grounds. So, you know, you have the guys spinning in Nancy Pelosi's chair. Conspiracy to obstruct a proceeding of Congress, conspiracy to obstruct law enforcement during a civil disorder, seditious conspiracy, and destruction and theft of property. However, there had been zero charge with insurrection. Why? I don't know. If everybody's calling it an insurrection, why would you not charge them with it? Well, probably because it's never really happened. Nobody really knows how to operate it. And when it comes to charging people, you generally, whether you are from a state, a county, a city, or even the federal government under you know the um, United States Attorney's Office, they go with whatever they can actually prove and in their belief to, uh, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. So again, 
None of them were ever charged with insurrection. And in fact, the QAnon Shami, you know, the guy that had the horns and all that, doing the uh, stuff, uh, his name is Jacob Chansley. And he was charged with federal crimes of knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building or ground without lawful authority under violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. If you watch his stuff, though, I, I'm not really sure anything he really did was violent. But you know what? Um, you know, he, he was found guilty. So, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. So, yeah you know, he, 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 and he served his time, but he is now on a ballot in Arizona where he is running for Congress. Why? Because he was not charged and convicted of insurrection. So based on this information, what is a likely result on keeping Donald Trump off a ballot solely based on the constitution? And my world's okayest opinion, although the constitution itself does not require criminal statute, the U.S. since the Confederacy predating our constitution has always had laws regarding insurrection, including trials for acts that the government deemed was insurrection or a term substantially similar to you know, insurrection. In addition, the First Amendment allows for broad use of words, including exaggerations and poppets language, which we all know that Trump is capable of. Is it too late to charge Trump? No. Convict? I would find it would be highly unlikely that Trump could ever be indicted for insurrection. Why? Uh, because he has the First Amendment protections. And then in addition, none of the 1,122 people that have been indicted as of the recording of this video, I do believe there are more people who are coming. They, were, they weren't charged with it and they actually did the act. Um, you know, so why do I think he will never get charged? Well, you know, he stated what is likely a lot of nonsense regarding the Democrats stealing the vote. Um, you know, he said stuff like, you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Uh, we have to come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Trump also urged his supporters to walk to the Capitol, saying, we're going to walk down and I will be there with you. And there's video proof that he actually was there. But he also says, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So there are some people saying, hey, well, all that other pompous language and whatnot, that is not good enough. Um, but he still said, hey, go over there and be peaceful. Trump also took to Twitter, which is now called X, and at 7.30 and 58 seconds, and I'm talking about in the evening, Trump stated, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful exclamation point. He then tweeted again at 8.13 in 26 seconds in the evening, stating, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you, exclamation point. He tweeted one last time at 2300, one minute and four seconds, so 1101 
8.04 in the evening, there are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace and remember this day forever. If you base that on the Insurrection Act, there's a time, right? But he didn't invoke it because remember, at that time, he was still president of the United States and he did not invoke the Insurrection Act. But he still used similar language of take your ass home. So in my OK's opinion, particularly as Trump's speech beforehand called for peace, that is not language inciting a riot, rebellion or insurrection. In criminal law, there is something called the Lotus Locus Penitentiae which is probably the world's okayest pronunciation of it. And essentially what it provides is a time to withdraw from a contract or obligation before it is completed or to decide not to commit an intended act. So essentially there is this line that you can essentially go up to. And as long as you don't pass that line, you have essentially withdrawn from whatever act you were going to do. So say, for example, you were going to go and uh, commit burglary inside of a home. Uh, you get in your car, you go all the way down, you are sitting outside the house and you look at it and then all of a sudden your conscience kind of hits you and you're like, you know what, what I'm getting ready to do is wrong and you withdraw. We didn't cross that locus penitentiae. You didn't cross that line. So upfront Trump called for peace. Once that occurred, anything that happened after that would unlikely be able to stick to him. So there you have it. My OKS opinion is that Trump is likely to be placed back on any ballot he is removed from and is unlikely to ever be charged with a crime. Certainly does not mean that you have to like Trump or any of his actions regarding the election or January 6th. So tell me what you think. You agree? Disagree? Just want to roast me? Please leave a comment. If there's anything you would like for me to discuss, be it history, sports, law, or whatever you know, just, you know, hit me up, DM me, shoot in a thread. I'm pretty good about responding. I actually like to go back and forth a little bit to a point until it maybe gets a little crazy and then I, 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 I kind of withdraw from that locus penitentiae. So also be sure to follow me on YouTube, X, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok. It's, uh, it's all World's OKS Lawyer, except for X or Twitter, which is World's OK Lawyer. In addition, nothing in any of my posts creates an attorney-client relationship, which requires a contract signed between myself and any potential clients. Trust me, if you are my client, you know, because I will have sent you a contract, you will have signed and sent it back to me. And I will say, hey, we have a relationship. And this also includes any responses I have to my post. So if you ask me a question and I answer it to the world's okayest uh, of my abilities, that does not mean that you are my client and you should really go and find an attorney in whatever area that you are and get a relationship with them if you have been wrong. Uh, so all thoughts are my alone and it's based on my own research, which I use case text uh, AI program. And then, you know, I hit up some Dr. Google uh, to kind of put this mismatch all together. And lastly, it costs zero dollars to be kind. It's the best money that you'll ever spend. Until next time, beautiful people, be well. 
follow me, World's Okayest Lawyer. See you next time.